0: Say after that, right now would be TNT. I mean, I was look forward to my Tuesday headers. That's um, something that I think I, I think about and, and look at it. Um, I remember the NFL and CBS back in the day. You know, when Brett Musburger used to host of the studio show. Again, I'm significantly older <laughs> than most. but um, yeah, I think um, when I hear that, those are the ones that kind of get me juiced up. Um, uh, I rem-
1: dude, I remember that one. Let's see if we can find it. Here we go.
0: This one. Yeah, yeah. yeah
1: there it is. Oh, man. But yeah, us it, back.
0: Was, it was interesting. That, that I'm trying to think of, um, you know, like to me personally, the Cubs Lead Off Man show. Which probably wouldn't be a lot that anyone remembers unless you're a Cub fan, you know, just but you would hear that and you uh, knew. Baseball had started, and I remember um, just having it on in the background. If I didn't hear it, uh rain delay. So <laughs> it was something that you know, was coming up. But yeah, it is funny though, know, how like, music can sort of train your ears and can sort of train you to um, get oh, yeah, what's coming yeah. up and, and kind of get you pumped up. Absolutely. You,
1: you, you mentioned the old NFL on CBS theme, this one. <laughs> And how, like, as soon as you hear it in your mind, you just you hear Brent Musburger's voice, right? Like, you yeah. think about something for some reason. I mean, the the NFL on Fox theme, it's 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 OK. I mean, it's fine. It's not like yeah, I, maybe I may maybe when we get older, we'd be more nostalgic when it's gone. When I hear it. I think more about that dumb robot than I do. Like, you know, like. Maybe I hear, like, Marv's son, Kenny, and when the Saints are, like, in the D-game slot, and he's like, we're in the Superdome. Like, one of those things just kind of pop into my head. But, man, the right the right kind of musical theme can make a whole – it can make a lot of difference, man. It really can.
0: Well, I, I tell you what. By principle, um, it's the same reasoning and theory that you've seen so much – And you know, pro wrestling, right? WWE, right? right. Whatever, A and E. I mean, it's you know, you hear the literally the opening note or the opening, you know, glass crash or you know whatever, and the crowd will go wild for or against, right? So give me a hell yeah! And
1: all
0: of a sudden, the place goes. That's right. That's right. (laughs) What's coming? Exactly, dude, and I mean, dude, it, it's it's so funny. One of the things that I watched, I remember a couple of years back when they had, um, you know, the making of a wrestle whatever WWL uh, W-E-L-L D had. You know, I'm talking about where it's like um, they showed you through the process, and and it really was. And look, I was never a huge wrestling fan, but my producer a uh, station ago was a huge, 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 huge fan. And with WrestleMania the first time it came a couple of years ago, I was like, hey, you know, I, I'll find I'll kind of start following it the week leading into it for storylines. So then we were going to have, you know, guests come in the studio. We had Cesaro come in, Sheamus, yeah.
1: and,
0: you know, Charlotte Flair. So we were just kind of looking forward to it. We got to do a phone interview with Hogan because he couldn't leave his hotel. room. I think he had had a little too much fun over at Bourbon Street. <laughs> but um, it, it was kind of fun to just kind of see the process. And then you kind of appreciate the path. I mean, um, he was a amateur wrestler you know wrestling in in gyms and high school gyms in front of 10 people and stuff so and and you hear the story you know and like you know aj styles same thing like you look at you know whether it's him or other big names um that you youtube and you see them literally wrestling in front of 20 people at a high school gym and um it's crazy to see that path and how hard it is you know, the the physical toll that your body sort of has to go through and, and how actually athletic you have to be. And it was kind of interesting to sort of, you know, see that. But part of it, the most important thing is your character. It's your music, your style, how you talk, how you act, and, you know, if you can connect or not. And so many famous ones actually had to go through rebranding, you know, <laughs> to actually finally hit the right one. So, yeah, dude, music is such... A key element, look, walk-up music in baseball, it's the same thing, though, that if you're Saturday night in Tiger Stadium or if the Cajuns or my Southern Miss band, you know, every school has a music for the football team takes to the field, right? And then you hear it, or it's the music after a touchdown, it's the music right after you score. So, man, that pick an element in life, and I think uh, you, you hit on something.
1: Yeah, ESPN1420and.com. Well, it's Friday, guys. Maybe tonight, last uh, stone, last excuse me, last stone cold reference here as we uh, we get into uh-huh. some Saints talk. I just need to remind you that maybe tonight, whenever the, the kids down and the puppy finally falls asleep after having to potty train the young pup and get clean, just sit down and
0: with one beer, two beers, three beers, a shot of whiskey. A margarita and a bloody mary.
1: Why not, man? You might just need to take a little steam off, right?
0: <laughs> that sounds like a Tuesday night for me. What are you talking <laughs> about? <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know what you're talking about. I, I don't know if that's a good thing, but yes, that that does sound like a typical now. I mean, yeah, yeah. Well, maybe maybe not all of them, but he's uh, on to something. That is for sure. espn 1420
1: <laughs> com. Gus cagiar Saints and Pelicans correspondent. All right, I'm sorry, I. I didn't mean to go that far down the musical uh, train, but, but it, it all makes sense when you think about the style yeah. and what they want to do. I don't know what the the musical theme for the Saints would be. I know they like to play Teron Armstead's Ooh, songs. One. and the He had an album uh-huh. drop today, so shout-out to Teron Armstead. They're also expecting to get him back on the field Sunday in Philly after two weeks away dealing with COVID-19. So – Heading into this game against Philadelphia, Gus, right out the gate, is there any is there any chance in your mind that, that Brees could come off of IR today, or do you think, like I do, that we're likely going to see him probably against Kansas City a week from Sunday, but not this Sunday in Philly?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think even if he comes off of IR, it's too, um, you know, actually I can't even think of a reason. There's no reason. The yeah, just take – exactly. Right, exactly. So. He's eligible for it, and that's good to know. You know, and obviously we talked about that last week, that you're probably going to see the report, hey, he's improving well, you know, saw him at practice throwing and things. And, look, those are all good things. And just like, though, in seasons past, when there has been a a main injury to a Saints player, whether it's Kamara or whatever, you know, now in this case, Breeze, what you do see is you see – um you've seen them practice, right, for a little bit. We'll go through a full week of practice and and see how they feel. So that would be my guess, Scott, is that, you know, you saw him working on the side with the ball cap for Mike Triplett, and, you know, they, he's looking fine. Um, and then you see how he feels. And then you see what happens next week. Maybe go through a practice or two and, and see how he feels. And I honestly think, especially if you can win Sunday, it wouldn't surprise me if you see him against the Vikings, you know. I mean obviously I want to see him against the, the Chiefs and Mahomes. I think that's great for football fans and I think it's you know, exhilarating so to see those two teams kinda of go at it. Possible Super Bowl preview, I get it. Um, and I had this argument with the listener back and forth on Twitter two days ago. I said, But to me, give me that Vikings game where it's an NFC game and it matters. Uh, a little bit more. He seems to think that, look, with so few games, it it's not mattering at this point. But, again, at one point this season, the tiebreaker yeah. is because of more conference wins, even though they beat you. So whether that's true or not, I don't know. But um, I'd rather, if I had to choose one of the two games to make sure he's healthier, A, I'd give him that extra week, and B, I know it's against the dreaded Vikings who are playing really good football, and that's a team, them or the Bucs right now, it looks like if you don't get that one seed, you could be playing in the first round of the playoffs.
1: Yeah, I just think maybe I'm on the other side, Gus, I think because of the Packers' remaining schedule, I just don't think you have wiggle room, honestly, because they're going to be favored in every game they play. Their most difficult opponent left is the Titans, but the Titans' defense is awful. I mean, Aaron Rodgers. I feel yeah. like can just carve them up. Now, offensively, Tennessee is obviously you know look, Derrick Henry's a beast, and they can run the ball. And if they can control tempo, then they can win. Um, but but they're just I don't I don't trust their defense at all. It would need to win the turnover battle and basically control the clock. And you know, an area where where Green Bay might struggle is you know they're not the most physical defense. They kind of want to get in the shootouts. They're they're built more like a dome team than a team that you know plays outdoors. You know when it gets below freezing in in December and January, but with all of that, I just I don't think there's a lot of wiggle room, and there's none this Sunday. And Taysom Hill, assuming he starts again this Sunday, Gus, if if Breeze remains an IR for another week, I just I, he if, if from a, from a turnover luck standpoint, the Saints don't rank first in that statistic right now, and their website's to break down what turnover luck means, and most of the time it's drop picks and. In uh, fumbles that you recover, things like that, but they're, I, you know, they're they're pretty, pretty high on the list. Uh, they've lost a lot of fumbles that the other team didn't recover. If if one of taste, if that last fumble by Taysom gets scooped and scored last week, the entire mood all week, everything surrounding the team right now just feels different. That might sound ridiculous because they would be nine and three, but it just you don't clinch the playoff spot. You blew a game to Atlanta of all teams, and you did it whenever you really had the game in control. like it's, I feel like there's a big potential turnover issue looming with Taysom that's not getting talked about enough. And if they don't clean it up, it's not just going to cost them a game now. It could cost them a game in the playoffs. Like We saw what Peyton did with Mark Ingram several years back when he had two fumbles in a game, and it's like Tim Hightower's our guy the rest of the way. Ingram wasn't happy about it, but when you start fumbling – Taysom keeps fumbling. Once Drew comes back, I don't maybe you don't see as many specialty packages. It is an area that he has to clean up or it's going to end up costing the Saints and one game can mean all the difference. Last year, you know, you're a game away from me in the one seed. Instead, you had to start the game, you know, the playoffs is in the wild card round and you got punked by the Vikings.
0: Yeah. And look, he talked about it this week um, you know, obviously about bowl security and, and where that matters. Um, I think the other aspect of it that is important is what you just said. It's it's a topic that we kind of were talking about earlier this week when we had Larry Holder on. You know, what is going to be those packages now when Drew Brees does come back? Um, You know, we remember earlier in the season the conversations we had about what is the right play and what is the right time to have Taysom Hill, right? It was never the right time or the right play. I mean, so many, um, you know, fans were unhappy with the start of the season and felt that it were wasted plays and what have you. So what is the right time at play in order to do it? Um, so how do you do it now? If Drew does come back because now you legitimately use them to throw the football, right? I mean, you, yeah, twenty-seven completions. I mean, it, he, you know, Sean Payton thought he played really, really well against the Falcons. The, the cut that I've been playing this week a ton because unfortunately sometimes Sean's a little more open with the national folks than local folks. But he said he. It started by him saying he thought it was a bit of a turning point this past week at Atlanta for Taysom Hill, and he specifically mentioned the third down completion. He specifically mentioned his decision making. And being able to do that and, you know, there's two bites that really stood out to me at the end of the game last week, Scott, that I've mentioned a ton. And, you know, I've been saying every week, Monday and Friday, you know, Monday, what we saw Friday, uh, what we're going to see. And when it comes to evaluating, what, what are we going to and how are we going to evaluate Taysom Hill in his starts? And, I think the most important and the hardest thing to do is to translate what you're being told or you're doing on the practice field on practice and then it onto a game day, you know, in a game field. I mean we saw so many of um past Saints receivers and such, you know, like Nick Toon or, you know, Adrian Errington, a bunch of other players that just Traquan Smith for the first two years, you know, in terms of pass catching, we didn't realize, I guess, his importance in blocking, which is something that Sean Payton's really harped on, and you've seen um, is a big, big element of this game. But my point is, how do you translate what we would see at practice? We would see training camp heroes, practice heroes would come game day. It didn't translate. And with Taysom Hill, two things stood out to me on Sunday. One, he talked about his first touchdown pass, and he mentioned how, uh, it, it was the the quote Scott on stats and throwing his first TD and he's like man I really don't care about that. Then at the end of that, he mentioned the play to Traquan Smith was a play that Sean Payton put in late in the week, and that tells me he trusts him. You know, for you to put something in late, maybe I'm overlooking it, but you know, to me, that trust that hey I put this in Saturday or Friday or whatever, and. You know, I, I can trust you to, to go to it when we see the look. And it was a touchdown. The other was Jarrett Cook on his touchdown catch, in which he said they practiced that at practice, knew it would be a tight window, but knew it would be an opportunity to score a touchdown. Which was interesting, because, again, that kind of brings you behind the curtains so of Sean's thinking. It, not every play needs to be easy. Look, this, I think with this coverage, you can go here. You're going to see it. It's going to be a tight window. And Cook says that's the way Taysom Hill had to throw it. He had to throw a rocket to him, and he did. Again, that tells me you took something at practice, repped it, and it translated onto the field under pressure of a game he made the throw. And I think that's, that's, that's what you want in a starting quarterback. And quite honestly, when I hear players, coaches, and him talk like that, Scott, I'm starting to say more and more that that's a starting quarterback in the NFL. I mean, that you have to be able to make those throws. And Sean, uh, against what Mike I was telling you about, where he said that you know it was a turning point. He ends it by saying, at some point in time, you're going to have to make plays. And in the NFL, a starting quarterback's going to have to make plays, whether it's escaping the pocket, extending a run, making a tight throw under duress, getting hit in the pocket, holding on to it, making the right decision. You have to do that. So look, it's only three games and what I'm seeing from him is the ability to take what Sean is telling him, translating it onto the field. His teammates have the trust in him that it's going to happen. And I think that's why they're so confident in him that he's practicing with them and, and doing what they're supposed to do. So I, I think you're starting to see why he's enamored with Taysom
1: Hill. espn 1420 and .com. Um <clears throat> the, the the Saints defense obviously has picked it up over the last six, seven weeks. And, um, you know, statistically they're ranked first. And if you want to look at the DVOA ratings, they're ranked uh, second. And if you want to take out the Denver game, they'd be ranked third. I mean, that Denver game was just weird and gross. And, of course, Broncos didn't have a quarterback. Um but uh, they're eighth on offense in DVOA, and they're fourth if you only count the games where Breeze starts. I mean, this is a team just playing great football right now, and yet you're going to Philly, a team that's 3-8-1, and one, and I really wish they were sticking with Carson Wentz here because while Jalen Hurts is a rookie and the Saints defense has been – really on point as of late you know you don't have a lot of pro tape on him uh it's a week of game planning for hertz which you assume will look very different than when he's just coming off the bench because wince is playing awful and um you know the saints historically facing a rookie quarterback you know fans start getting you know ptsd just thinking about it so uh, are the saints going to win they're a six and a half point road favorite um you know, I many many feel like they will. I I would predict they will. The the big one, but everybody's just kind of looking ahead to the matchup with right. Kansas City, and it's like guys, did, Dylan Hurts is going to make his first career start. the the mm-hmm. The game plan is going to be catered more toward his skill set. Um, Doug Peterson, for as many boneheaded you know play calls as he has, he also. Gets innovative at times, and it has you know offensive play. Call. I mean, look the o, the O line at Philly's bad. I get it. They don't really have too many options at receiver, and it's going to be a tough task for Jalen Hurts to do to do much against the Saints' defense, based on how they're playing lately. But I just, I for one, wish it was still Carson Wentz. As bad as that guy was playing, you know, I, I figured the Saints could increase their sack total by like another eight. I don't know that that's going to happen with Jalen Hurts. What's your feel for this matchup on Sunday afternoon?
0: I, I think what's interesting is, again, I'll go to Sean Payton's comments on Wednesday that perked my ears, and he brought up the fact that the Eagles front four leave the league in sacks um, which, when they just rushed four. Leave the league in hurries when they just rushed four. So, as he mentioned, you know, when you can do that, you can play coverage behind it, you can do more things, shadow Camara, stop the run with Camara, do different aspects of it. So again, that that goes to why I kinda went a little long on the Taysom Hill making the right decisions, being able to throw the football. Taysom's gonna have to. I think he's gonna be under duress. And something in my gut's telling me this could be the first week where You know, the Saints take the field on offense. If they don't win the kick or early in the first quarter, they're trailing. And we haven't seen that completely yet, where, you know, Taysom Hill has had to do a two minute to come back and win. We almost did this past Sunday. And then at the same time, you know, where the offense is under pressure to score. We have not seen that yet. Um, And that's, again, a whole other element that it takes years for quarterbacks to even master if they can. Some do, some don't. Um, but I think that's going to be an interesting element of, of this game because, look, Peterson said it flat out, the main reason he needs a spark. He needs a spark on that team while there are not many games left. Uh, you know, you're not going to the playoffs probably this year, but you're trying to find out what's going on. you got to imagine Jalen's, Pumped up, he's going to give you that sort of element. I think there's a belief that he's Taysom Hill like in terms of running the football. But if you watch them at Bama and Oklahoma, I would say that he likes to rather pass the football. Sure, he first. does.
1: He's got so, look, I mean, he's, he's got ability chilling. to run, but it's not like right. that. He's not. A, I would right. I would never describe him as a quote running quarterback.
0: Right. Right, but don't you get that sense and feel, like the National oh, he's going yeah, you know, to do this. And then Peterson on Wednesday talked about how he looked at how the Saints use Taysom Hill. But the problem was, well, not problems, Philly was actually using Jalen Hurst this year, sort of like the Saints do with Taysom Hill, where they, um, he was being used like that, short yardage, fourth downs, goal line. And he was being used as a Wildcat quarterback. But I'm telling you, that's not him. Like in terms of his preference, he, he, he wants to throw. Um, he's got a big arm. So Malcolm Jenkins said it yesterday that he's uh they're gonna have to you know test that and he's gonna be tested and they're gonna have to keep their eyes right and all of that. So I I think what you'll see is some early success and then in typical Dennis Allen Saints fan uh, Saints defensive fashion they will adjust. And and that's literally what Malcolm Jenkins said. He's like, look, you kind of have to have an open plan. You don't know what they're going to do. I have an idea. You know, you kind of know what they like to do offensively, philosophy-wise, but how is he going to change that? So I I think you could see, you know, Scott, a a first quarter with the Saints trail. You know, they have all that emotion the Eagles do um, with the new QB. And, And then I think you see the Saints sort of like, I, I, I'll go back to the Green Bay game a couple of years ago. Remember when Aaron Rodgers was hurt and he didn't start at Green Bay and had somebody else start this rookie and they, they went right down the field and you're like, what is happening? Remember the Saints couldn't stop the Packers offense. And then finally, I think the guy completed like one more pass in the second half. So I, I think something like that is what pops in my head in terms of a quick early start, perhaps for Philly. And then the Saints making adjustments on, on defense and on offense. The same thing, man. Sean Payton is so lost. I'm sure you saw it. Uh, Adam Nate, the photographer from WWL-TV, did a great job of putting video to the audio of Sean Payton on Wednesday talking about Alvin Kamara had.
1: I love that. Which, yeah, no, I love that. That was yeah, great.
0: Yeah, came off of a TD or came off of a regular run that Taysom Hill did. It was an option. He could keep her hand off. Taysom kept it. And then walking off the field, you know, Sean asked Alvin Kamara, what do you like? And that was the play he brought up. He said, hand it off to me. And they did. And it was a touchdown run later in the game. So I I just think when you hear Sean talk, man, you hear his players talk, everyone's just locked in, man. You know, um, back on Monday, uh, Ryan Ramchak was, was asked about, hey, what was the celebration like in the locker room when you guys clinched the playoff? He was like, oh, I didn't – okay, yeah, it's fine. Um, they didn't even know, but, you know, it was just a regular day. I mean, we have bigger goals. This team's just focused. They, they know what the goal is, and it's not a postseason berth, which is nice. you got to get in to win it. Um, but they, they know, man, they're focused, which is why I just laughed yesterday when Sean Payton was asked by a reporter, how do you keep this team motivated? I'm like, come on, are you serious? You're not paying attention. You're not following the team. Because this team's played absolutely motivated football. They look like they're having fun. They're locked in focus. They're making adjustments. Everything Sean is calling right now for the most part is kind of hitting. And man, I-, I think they've taken ownership of their own team, you know? You don't even really feel the need to talk about, man, this team's just different without Drew. They're not. They're not at all.
1: Well, I mean, you say not at all. They're offensively, they're different. I mean, they're still winning, but they're different. How they approach the game. Oh, sure. Yeah. No. And and look, you mentioned Drew. I mean, Drew and Michael Thomas have played 10 quarters together this year 10. And the Saints are averaging, I think, 29 points a game. So.
0: To your point, when I said they're not really changed that much at all. Two of the last three games, Michael Thomas, with a guy that we think doesn't throw the football, no, has like, had nine great. receptions, hundred plus yards. Yeah, no, he's so uh, he's that's what, great. that's what's crazy when you look at it. The, the Saints' offense is still scoring points. The team still, you know, is doing what they need to do. And I think if Sean doesn't go no ultra conservative and, and, and they have an ex- offensive explosion against Denver. I don't even think you'd say, no, they don't look that much different because Drew was managing the game, you know, um, before he went out. So, I I, I thought when we found out that Taysom was going to start, I wondered if you were going to see other elements that, you know, they could do that maybe Drew didn't have, which is throwing the ball deep and things of that nature. So, um, it's just crazy. Like I said, I I have not – you know, totally thought that this team looks completely different. Obviously it's gonna be run differently. Tempo, pace, rhythm, protection calls, things that nature where you don't need the offensive uh players so much in the offensive line to make those calls. But um I don't know, man. It's exciting to think that they can pull out this one. You know, Drew comes back with a little rest. I mean, I you're gonna have to tell me why the Saints can't do it, right?
1: ESPN 1420 and .com. Um, Big one a week from Sunday, and a lot of folks will be watching that one. But, you know, they're in a lot of the markets in the NFL this week playing a bad Philly team. Uh, just take care of business and get Drew back the following week and, and see how it goes against Kansas City, who is just a remarkable football team. And, um, you know, they're, they're fighting for the one seed right now in the AFC after Pittsburgh getting upset. By the Washington Football Team, Gus Kage, our Saints and Pelicans correspondent, has uh, has been our guest here, ESPN fourteen twenty and Gus, before we let you run, um, two things I wanted to hit on with you briefly Sun Pell's training camp up to this point, but real quick, I did a hit on your show earlier this week talking about the Rage of Cajuns and, and Billy Napier, and I do that from time to time, and I know you guys have Billy on your show from time to time as well. You know, we're we're here in Lafayette, with a the flagship station for Louisiana Rage of Cajun athletics. You're in New Orleans at ESPN 100.3. Have you gotten any calls or interest? Like, is the audience maybe a a bit more engaged and intrigued in this football team with their success, being ranked 17th in the country?
0: If you can believe it, I got a complaint. I got a complaint, Scott, to my boss, who talked to me on Tuesday, which was remarkable. And he said, uh, you know, we had somebody call the station and email the station. I guess two complaints. Um, saying that I don't talk enough Cajun. There you go. So, I mean, I, I Better pick like, it up, right? I'm, I'm, yeah. like, I'm like, I have the coach on every Tuesday. I don't know. You know. I'm trying, Um, or at least I try to, um, you know, a lot with the schedule. And I know it's not on, on, you know, Coach Napier. It's just, dude, the schedule's so funky, man. You've had Friday games, cancellations of games, the COVID situation. So, you know, we've missed a couple of Tuesdays, but when he's available, you know, he absolutely comes on and, um... I I said it to you when you came on this week. It's just always a joy to kind of hear, um, sort of like how I feel like when I, when I talk about it and hear really Fritz. they're just football guys. Um, they know the game, they know how to connect and interact with people. I think first and foremost, um, even it's something that you brought up to the, the ability to take on ownership of maybe perhaps mistakes and deflect at the same time, be the first to praise, um, Look, I'm a Southern Miss grad. So, A, I like the Will Hull hire. I really like the fact, I'm sorry, that y'all's linebackers coach is our defensive coordinator because I've watched a ton of Cajun games this year. And, A, because they've been ranked, they've been on TV a lot, you know, on national exposure, which I think is tremendous. And, B, you cannot not see that team and not think that it's, it reminds, and I'm not, again, I'm not comparing Saints or something like that, but you know, just in this state alone, you can see examples of teams that are together, are a unit, are one, buy-in, follow a philosophy, are coached. Um, and then there's <clears throat> some in Baton Rouge that are completely a disaster, and you see that they're not. I mean, it, talent absolutely wins your game. Um, it, it helps you. But there's such there's so much more and so many other elements in football and in team sports, man, if you want to be a consistent winner and if you want to win at a high level, and a lot of that is interaction, personalities, dealing with players, players stepping up, buying in and believing it. It's something that I've mentioned with the saints that Sean Payton and I was taking years to build a culture of that next man up mentality. Everyone loves to throw that around, but that next man up's got to be able to produce just like that. More importantly, his teammates got to feel that it's not a letdown, right? If, You know, if I know, okay, my next man up, I can't do a show is Jordan, my intern. I know I got to plan a ton, Scott, for Jordan to take over the show. I mean, he's going to be nervous. I'm probably going to book eight guests for an hour. So he basically doesn't have to talk. I mean, it's different. If it's Mark Shafisi who filled in last Tuesday, I just tell him how to get into the All right, I shouldn't do this. This is going to bore people.
1: Let me ask you real quick. How is Mark doing? I haven't haven't heard about him in years. He, He hired me. At intercom back in the yeah. day where you and I met, how's Mark doing? Mm-hmm. Doing well, man. Tell him I said hi.
0: He's in real estate, and uh, every now and then he likes to dip his feet back in. So I, I Yes, that's, <laughs> that's, that's him. That's and uh, look, it, it was great, man. He tried to get Mike Connie on, but he's having some issues with his puppy, um, so he couldn't come on. But yeah, look, he, you know, it's it still, uh, it, it, it's crazy how it feels like you didn't miss a beat. Yet uh, he, he came in the week before he hosted this past Tuesday to kind of get familiar with me and just back you know into it and then um it, it was just like we're working back in the office telling stories That's and everything fine. so it, it's an interesting element i was there nine years man and um he was a very good friend so yeah he's in real estate man sells houses and stuff and at the same time he still likes to do that I'm like look it's always open and as you know when when travel season starts with women's basketball and it's so different now with covid i can't take different flights from the team. I have to test with the team if I want to be with the team, stay at the hotel and go with them and there's less flights. So Scott, we got an eight AM flight to Orlando next week. And there used to be a ton of more direct flights from New Orleans to Orlando. There just isn't. And I don't come back until Wednesday at four for a game on Tuesday, which my wife loves by the way. Um so, you know, back to the main point though is that I think building a culture is a big thing and I found it uh, interesting, and that is exactly, I want to say, how UL represented his decision to come back, right? is that kind of like y'all's theme or, or phrase about the culture down there? I mean, the video was ready to go on Twitter um, on Saturday when the news came out over the weekend, and, you know, and, and you see all the different things, so it's about building something, and it takes time to do that, but you don't have it? Look to Baton Rouge. I mean, I that's what you're seeing right now, guys that feel their decisions, their lives, their careers are more important. And, look, I'm not here to say what's not So to, to everybody their own, but um, it, it's apparent, right, whether or not people feel wanted, want to be there, and it's more about a collective than not. So um, I think what Coach Napier is doing there is incredible. I mean, I literally opened our segment by asking you, were you surprised because I was? Um, but at the same time, that's a good thing, man. I, I think it, there's something to be said about being happy, also about waiting for the right opportunity. In the meantime, being completely content and, and focused in on what you're doing. So many times, Scott, we see coaches that are looking towards that next job, and I've seen it all, all my life, dude, whether it's with the Saints assistants, two lane assistants, two lane coaches looking for that next one, thinking that two lane was a stepping stone, and not focused at the task of hand. Hey, turning around your program and winning. And, look, you said it when you closed out. It's the winningest football program in the state right now. The Cajuns. ought are you proud? ESPN
1: 1420 and .com. You mentioned culture. Last thing here, the Pelicans. We talked about those moves they made in the offseason. Felt like they were trying to, you know, change the culture a little bit, make it more tough-minded. And <clears throat> I get it. Um, from a basketball standpoint, though, I mean, I worry – about this team shooting, um, as you know, obviously he's a, he's a beast inside, but he's been beat up a little bit as of late. His style of play, you gave him an extension. Um, it's their defensive-minded moves as well. I just I, I worry about the team's shooting a little bit. I know JJ can obviously there'll be some picks set for him, but he's not going to start. And I worry about this team after number seven. Right, you feel confident in Reddick and Hard off the bench after that. Yeah, you know, I mean, you got some young guys, you want to develop them. How do you feel like so far it's really early and and it's going to take time for the team to mesh, obviously, but how do you feel based on some of the things you've heard out of training camp after the almost the first week is in the books over there on airline drive?
0: Um, I tell you what's interesting is obviously, um, the reporters can't go in and see practice um, but um, you know the, they 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 were signed off. The, the broadcast broadcasting was signed off to be able to watch it at practice. Now I can't be told, and I can't say what I what I am told uh, about it. But I can say is um, th- there is legit reason for mm-hmm. excitement uh, on a couple of levels here, and you know, so you go by what the players are saying is kind of backing up by what. People are seeing, you know, some of the scrimmages early. We're going to get to see uh, coming up on Monday in the preseason game against Miami, you know, how some of these changes are. But look, um, I thought it was interesting that Stan Rangundi brought up Nikhil Alexander Walker, his role and what he sees him more of. And, And that's a shooter, not necessarily a ball handler. And I thought that was his biggest flaw last year where. I thought he tried to do too much, create more plays, and you know, so it'll be interesting to see if this year, what will be more of? Hey, go out there, be a two guard, and, and shoot. And and Van Gundy flat out says like, when it's open, he needs to shoot it. Now, I thought it was interesting. He said when it's open, he needs to shoot it, but he wants him to shoot it. Um, early high praise for the first round pick in Kyra Lewis. I and mean, when you hear JJ Redick say that he's fast, you hear Van Gundy say, my gosh, he picks it up. Uh, quickly, that's going to be exciting to see that dynamic. Who is going to be that first backup point guard that comes off as well? Um, I'm interested to see how Lonzo reacts and creates to this as well. You know, playing with Bledsoe and and, and seeing how exactly they're going to go. Um, I want to say yesterday was the first time, or today, Friday is going to be the first time that they're going to actually play in the black court together, and then kind of having them opposite. So I think it's a feeling out process some of the combinations on the garden. I noticed I hadn't even got the Zion on yet because everything that I've been told is, um, it's legit what everyone is saying about him, that he's in shape, that he feels great, and that you're seeing certain things on the court that you hadn't seen, you know, and more importantly, really since the days of the high school, you know, days. So if you go back and you look at Will Guillory's piece, on Zion, when he was in high school, and that mixtape, it's kind of a point that I opened up the show on Monday with. where what's remarkable to me is when he was in high school and, you know, or even at Duke, Scott, you never, ever, ever heard a pregame hit. And you know what I'm talking about. Right before the game starts, the show, the color and the play-by-play guy, do a quick little five-minute scene setter. Coming up tonight, Duke, you know, umc we hope to see blah, 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 blah. I don't ever remember a single Duke game where the color and play by play guy talked about Zion looking forward to seeing him. Hopefully he didn't spend all day at an out burger. you know, Hey, looking forward to tonight's game. We'll see if Zion can make it up and down the court five times. So I, I get where some of that comes from. I do, but this kid's health athletic ability was never in question until he came here. So, I understand that he was injured last year. It's a freak thing, man. Two knees bumped or however it went. Guy played the rest of his first preseason game with that condition before he had surgery. And then it's hard to stay in shape when that happens. But I don't ever remember that was a problem at Duke, you know, where he just lived in the cafeteria instead of the weight room. So I think you're going to see, and from what I gather, you are already seeing. He already told us. Right after training camp started, he wants to show what he was and what he is. And there's a reason why Jordan Brands, um and I think you're going to see that. So, um, his ball handling skills have gotten better. He's in shape. He's moving up and down. He looks quick. And I, I think it's going to be an interesting start to the season to sort of look at it. So, I'll, I'll leave it at that. I, I'm pumped. I can't wait to see what I'm going to see on Monday.
1: Great stuff, ESP ESPN 1420 cat has been our guest pro the segment go give him a follow on twitter at gcat underscore one seven at gkat underscore one seven appreciate the time man uh, while you walk the dog and take care of family business every friday morning and uh, if you guys want to check out gus espn 100.3 in new orleans weekdays noon until three o'clock appreciate it my friend i'm sure we'll uh Probably text a little bit over the weekend uh, about the Saints, among yep. other things. But uh, in the meantime, man, all the best, and we'll talk to you again next week.
0: For sure, man. Were you able to find out if the reason uh, Coach Napier stayed with the crackling? Because that's what I said on the show, was the crackling. that It's
1: all that Cajun food, man. You just can't get enough <laughs> of it. You know what I mean? Get them here, get them <laughs> nice a and, weekend, man. and fed. You know, <laughs> I, I, I'll be sending you some for Christmas. Don't worry, my friend.
0: Oh, no, I, hear, I was asking. I was just asking. No, I, no, I, I, no, I, I, I love how you like to throw that out there every now and then. There'll be some more in the mail soon. Don't worry. I owe you. I owe you. Appreciate it, man. All right, buddy. See
1: ya. Ah, the man loves some cracklings. I don't blame him.